Hello, and welcome back to Eventide Radio. I am your host, Scotty, and with me today are my co-hosts, Robbie and Rob. Sadly, Will is out this week, which sucks, because this week is a sincerely important week. Um, Just this past Tuesday, the Witch Queen expansion for Destiny 2 has dropped, so hopefully you guys have uh, had a chance to jump in there and explore Savathun's throne world and all of those fun goodies that this new expansion has to offer offer um i know us us three have all been been playing it i've been going at a pace than um than these two because i just finished the legendary campaign last night but anyways we've got a lot a lot a lot a lot to talk about with this new expansion there's so much to get into and we've only got an hour this week so what we're going to be doing this week is we are just going to be talking about the first impressions of the campaign our first impressions of the of the campaign so before we get into this, it's going to be a lot of fun, but before we get into it, I have two disclaimers I need to need to put out there. So number one, spoiler territory, of course, obviously. Number one, you know, make sure you're done with the main campaign. Obviously, we're going to be talking about major spoilers for the main campaign. And yes, unlike Shadowkeep, there's actual things to spoil this time. And, you know, make sure you're also done with the post-game, uh, not, not all of the post-game per se, but... You know, we're, we're going to be touching on some stuff, uh, especially the um, post-game quest line. You'll know what I'm talking about if you've beat the campaign. So make sure you're done with that. And um, if you're done with those two, you should be good to go. But of course, bear in mind, uh, Rob and Robbie have progressed further than I have. But we're going to be talking about some, some, some spoilery stuff today. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But if you aren't caught up, make sure you get yourself caught up and then come back later. Number two, the second disclaimer is that we had a very generous man by the name of Nick Whitmire reach out to us and offer us some free codes for Destiny 2, the Witch Queen. So me, Robbie, and Will all received Witch Queen for free from a senior animator at Bungie who is extremely talented, had a, you know, just did incredible work on this expansion and was just so generous to give us that we didn't ask for it he just out of the generosity of his own heart gave it to us thank you so much nick and um please check him out on instagram he's got a lot of cool behind the scenes stuff uh on his instagram he does more than just destiny he does a lot of cool stuff and he's a super talented animator please check him out super nice guy super talented and again thank you nick for the opportunity to experience this we appreciate it so much you have no idea um, but yeah, just, I wanted to make sure everyone knew that, um, number one for legal reasons, number two, um, you know, just to make sure that like, Hey, you know, I don't think it's going to influence our perspective, perspective on our, on the game, but just to say, Hey, we did get this for free. We didn't pay for it. Rob did, but, um, we didn't pay for it just in case that influences our, our perspective on, on the game. Just keep bear in mind, you know, bear even though I think I, I would pay as much as they would want for it because it's really good so far. But um, yeah, anyways, I, I also just want to iterate that we are not sponsored by Bungie, nor are we affiliated with them in, in any way. This was just, um, I, Nick, I had asked him to be on the podcast and hopefully he's going to come on soon. But um, I had been in contact with him and he just reached out one day and and, um, and offered that to us. So we're, we're not affiliated in any way. We're not sponsored. It was just... Nick being a really good guy. So so thank you again, man. Please, guys, go check him out on Instagram. He's got really cool stuff. And without further ado, let's dive in to our first impressions of the Witch Queen campaign. Rob, what 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 in in a minute, how would you summarize your thoughts on the legendary campaign to get us started? Go ahead. Uh it felt I don't, I'm I'm still trying to like process everything. I, um, me too. Trust me. <laughs> there, so there were moments where it didn't even feel like Destiny Two anymore. Like it felt like its own whole new thing. Like the, I, I, I would say, and we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get into the Throne World. But just the expansive size 
of of what there was to explore and all the different locations. And every time I felt like, oh, we we've seen everything. It's like, oh, here's a new area. Oh, here's a new area. Oh, now you go into this like what kind of felt like there was a few. I was getting like Dark Soul vibes in a few areas. Yeah, uh, of just kind of like the the kind of gothic horror castle feel. And there was a place where you go down and it almost feels like like hell where you fight that uh, Ahamkara uh, illusion, like just just some phenomenal set pieces. Um, the campaign, I I I think comfortably. I'm I'm willing to say this is probably the best campaign we've gotten like throughout the, the entire franchise. Um, it it had story beats that reminded me of the Taken King, but like the Taken King on steroids, uh, and it was it was phenomenal, like just a, an exceptional piece of like art. I mean, I really, I, I, it seems kind of like weird to call it this, but I, I do feel like that it was a piece of art and it should be honored and and like glorified because it was it was an excellent piece of work and good job to Bungie. I mean, it was just it, it was like amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm with you. It, it definitely has this feeling of scale. Like you were saying, there's just so much to explore. I think one good example of that is in the final ritual mission. You know, that opening um, that opening encounter with the light bear wizard who's like shielded by those two crystals and you go right. around like 17 different rooms. It's like this massive encounter that you yeah. play and you're like all over the fortress. Pretty cool. Right. And yeah, there's so many like cool little like exploratory sections and stuff where they have you like do the deep sight thing and which, which is cool. I liked that when they there's like a break in between those encounters and you you're just kind of allowed to just explore and stuff like that, even if it is kind of on a linear path, but it still feels like you're exploring at least. Um, even though you're in a campaign mission, which was cool. And it dude, the Ahamkara was was insane. I mean, there's so many cool, really neat, like epic set pieces. I think every mission, like they said before this came out, they were like, every mission is going to have like this unique special identity. And they were 100% not lying because every every yeah. mission has this unique identity and everything has, you know, you could, you know, tell me the title of the mission and I'd be like, oh yeah, that's the mission where so-and-so happens. And, you know, the, it, it just, it was really cool. It was an awesome experience. Um, Robbie, what'd you think gameplay wise of the legendary campaign? Oh, again, I'm, I'm probably the newest one here, right? So I don't have like the whole rose dye glasses for destiny one and stuff, but I did play destiny one and I went through, I guess most of the content except for the raids. And I feel like, okay, maybe this is like a weird comparison, but this is what, this is, this is classic. Wow. For destiny made right so it feels like a good return to form in a lot of mechanics and things that people enjoyed from you know the history of destiny in general and like if it's like if you could make destiny again and and have that same feeling of like things are new and we don't know what to expect and and it just felt like a change because it felt like a, a change of chapter where like okay it was all about sabatoon for like what eight years nine years and now it feels like you know we're just fighting for this solar system and there's so much more out there that we have no idea what's going on and we're about to find out so it felt like a return to form i love a lot of the content i love all those not just to like rpg elements and mmo elements that i didn't see on on the previous campaigns like there's even one part where they tell you to kill 10 scorn collect their helmets and then go deposit them in like this flower pot thing and i was like oh wow nice a quest where i gotta go you know collect 10 helmets from scorn and i thought like wow that's so mmo-ish and i loved it and you know they're here and there sprinkled and it just yeah it feels great i think the storytelling obviously by bungie has always been you know top notch so can't complain there and the game feels good. The guns are great. Every everything they do always feels, you know, great, especially on console. And I don't know. Yeah, we can we can talk about the story more. We can talk about some of the gameplay. I think Void 3.0 was fun. I played it only on two characters so far. I'm not in love with the Hunter, but alas, I was never in love with Void Hunter anyway. So, mm. but the the Warlock, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to express how happy it makes me. It's been really <laughs> fun. Yeah. 
So in your opinion, what was your favorite? Do you have a favorite level from the campaign? Oh, yes, 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 yes. So I, okay, I'm not like you that I don't, I don't remember the name. But so there's this one guy in, in like the pit. I think that's the one that you said that looks like hell. And he looks kind of like the fanatic, but he's not the fanatic. And you got to kill the these witches on the sides. Segura? Yes. Yeah. The Segura oh, one. Oh, boy. Right. <laughs> that that so, was a rough one. Yeah, exactly. Because that was the first one where like we we wiped like more than twice. Let's put it that way. Mm. And like, I get that point of like, and I, I, I complained about that earlier, like last week or two weeks ago where, yeah, we're supposed to be super strong and kill everything. Right. But this one was like, okay, calm down. You know, <laughs> you can't kill everything. You gotta actually stop trying to nuke things. Just learn the mechanics, enjoy the, the arena that was created for you, you know, uh, listen to the story do like it made me stop and be like okay so you know we we gotta play this the way it was meant to be played it, it's not fun to just melt everything down and you know speed run through it and miss all the scenery especially like you said all those places are so massive in scale like the game just feels so big the world feels way bigger than it did before to me i don't know if that makes any sense but it does oh absolutely yeah no, so, I'm totally with you and that was the first fight where i was like okay we we gotta you know we can't just melt stuff we, we gotta learn mechanics and play it well and and enjoy how it was programmed to be played you know how it was meant to be fought and meant to be won uh, so i think maybe that's why it was the first one that was like yeah slapped me and made me sit back yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. Because like the one right before it was kind of like the light bear wizard where it's just kind of like not really a boss per se, but it's like your first light bear you fight and et cetera, et cetera. And then they introduce what what is like a mini like dungeon-esque mechanics throughout the whole um, the whole campaign. And yeah, that, oh, yeah. That, fight, that fight was challenging and, and pretty exciting. Rob, do you have a favorite um, campaign mission? It's all, it's still kind of jumbled together. Um, cause like I, I ran through it the first evening, um, and just kind of like, I did a hard sprint and to a certain degree, I, I regret doing that. Like mm -hmm. there's a, there's kind of this weird balance where it's like, as soon as the new content drops, like you want to start grinding your new level. And so it was more about just like, let's get through the campaign. Like we watched all the cutscenes, and I certainly tried to take in as much scenery, but the fact of the matter is we were just trying to rush through it and, and, um, I need to go back and play individual like levels to get kind of those story beats. Um, I, I really actually kind of liked the first level. Um, I don't think it's, it's my favorite, but like each one has just sort of like unique, like you said, like it's, they, they've got their own like points and, and uh, what's it like encounters that feel very unique to that particular mission. Um, I definitely don't think Ritual, which is the last level, it's definitely probably not my favorite. Um, I want to say I liked Communion quite a bit as one of the missions. Like they're all, they're all, like they, but each one just has its own flavor. So like as of right now, I don't think I necessarily have a favorite one. Um, but there are like individual points and parts of some of those levels that that did stick out to me that were particularly challenging. And like you said, Robbie, like this is not something that you could just blast through. Um, and then kind of like not even look behind because it's like, oh, okay, well, we're just moving to the next thing. Like you actually had to think about what the, what the kind of mechanic was. There was definitely like raid light or dungeon light mechanics throughout the entire campaign, which was, I don't think something they've really done before, like invested heavily into the campaign to have those elements, mm -hmm. which was an interesting choice. And I think overall for the positive, cause I think it, it forced you to kind of sit there and like take things in and try to interpret what's going on. And, and um, I would say they have successfully made challenge. This is, this is something that we've been talking about on the podcast off and on for a long time. This felt way more interesting and rewarding than being one shot in a GM nightfall over and over again, yes. but still felt challenging. So yeah. this is proof that they can make enemies and make situations and combat encounters that feel challenging. And just, just that point where you're, pardon my French, clenching your asshole just tight enough so you can complete the, the challenge, but you're not just like banging your head against the wall because you're just getting one shot by things that are like 
so far away you can't even like so like it just it's it's such a step in the right direction in terms of quality and i was reading on i was like someone pointed out on reddit like they did this without having champions at all throughout the entire campaign, which is yep. like I was I was afraid that it was just going to like the legendary was just going to be littered with champions and that it was just going to be this like struggle just to get like through it. But the struggle was more just like, wow, we we can't just be, you know, goofing off. You actually have to 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 put your gamer pants on and 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 work, <laughs> work for it. And it was awesome. And it was so rewarding when you finally when you finally do complete it. Yeah, yeah you're right. I, though, but there were also those new loosened hive, right? Which and is that, so much more fun to yeah, fight than the yeah, it is. It is, and it's very challenging. And I'm actually now that you mentioned GMs, I'm concerned about those because let's say you have a bunch of those instead of champions, and you down them, but then one of the fire team has to go up there and and squish the ghost, which, by the way, is something I've been enjoying a lot, surprisingly. It's so yeah. much fun. It's so, yeah, it's so fun. But now you got to put yourself out in the open to actually kill the Lucent Hive's ghost or, or he'll come back. Um, so I don't know how that's going to work out for GMs. It might be super risky moves and, um, you know, We'll have that's to that's Viz Hunter comes in. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, an an assassin's cowl in Viz Hunter is probably gonna be the play because they're gonna have to smoke, go out there, crush it, and then turn invisible again so they can go like retreat. Mm-hmm. And like that's gonna be the because I think they did confirm there are gonna be champion Lucent Hive. Oh or, my god! Or like uh, guardians, <laughs> I should say. Picture which like which terrifies me to think sentinel about night yeah suppressor nades but that's oh so yeah so they threw suppressor nades they would throw pulse so grenades cool. they would throw i think they threw incendiary grenades the the acolyte hunters did i, I know they um, threw scatter grenades they might also right. throw incendiary grenades i remember maybe that's what maybe that's what it was they were scatter grenades but so so we've only seen three so far there's like a void titan equivalent there's an arc wizard arc equivalent and, and the then solar hunter. the acolyte yeah, so we haven't seen like an arc wielding acolyte or anything like that yet. So that that also leaves me hopeful that we might get more in the future in like like maybe future seasons where it's like, oh, now they've learned to use other abilities as well or something like that. So um You just I, yeah, unlocked just, like a nightmare in my head. You just mentioned oh. an arc wielding acolyte, and I'm picturing well, I was, an arc strider like sprinting at you, just like chasing yeah. you around the map. Well, I was I was waiting for a a, a knight to use like sentinel or a, a thunder crash, like just come over to me and like panic panic smash me like that. I was waiting for it, um, but but it's like all of that to say, all of those encounters like felt strategically like it wasn't just we're just gonna dump a bunch of enemies and you're just gonna die a bunch of times. Like it never felt like that. It was like they were placed in strategic places where you needed to use the environment to your advantage and like take cover and take pot shots and then kind of slowly like, you know, close the gap. And like you, you got pretty good at recognizing like their patterns, especially like the, the, the ones that throw the shields, you kind of like figure out when they're going to throw them and when it's safe to like progress. Like there's one spot where I got stuck for a while with Will where he's kind of like, you're, you're coming in from the side and it's kind of this long stretch and there's only like one pillar you can hide behind and he's like on a staircase kind of coming down towards you and he he just he has the high ground and so he's able to just kind of keep chucking shields at you and so you have to like wait and choose your moment for when you're gonna like try to close in on him and it's just like when we finally pulled it off and got him it felt so good and like rob i wanted to ask you ask you this because i'm i'm curious on your thoughts you said you didn't like the ritual i i really liked it so i'm curious what were your what was your perspective? I mean, did I, you think it was just too long. Yeah, I I liked the set pieces, and I, and this is where I I said like it kind of felt like the Taken King on on Coke or something like that, where it's like this had regicide vibes, which also is kind of a longish level. Um, but it's just like you have like you said the whole opening encounter where you have to you have to kind of climb the tower in both directions and then like based on the runes you have to go through the right door and all that and then you can smash the crystal and you have to do that twice which again is like yeah maybe that's not necessary yeah um, and then it's like and then you go to the next encounter which is you have to like you have to damage her and then like keep climbing a different tower where there's wizards yet you have to go through the portals and destroy those and then you have to like cross the bridge and then you've got it's like two different fight encounters there and it's like i feel like you could have taken like each one of those things could have been cut in half 
Because you have to do two of those sets of, like, where you go through the portals and destroy the three wizards. And you have to climb the tower twice. And you have to do, fight her twice. And it's like, I feel like each one of those you could only do once. And it would still be just as effective. Kind of to the point where, like, when you finally get to the last encounter, you're almost like, okay, what's the encounter going to be after this? Because you're not even sure if this is the last encounter, which is kind of like, I don't like that feeling. Um and it it is it is kind of exhausting, and so yeah, the, the the term I would use is just a little overindulgent, where it's like I don't think it needed to be that long, but it was still an interesting fight, and it was had a lot of cool set pieces. I just I feel like each one went on like way longer than it needed to, but all all of it to say it was a cool fight. Um, I will say it kind of felt, a, and I'm probably someone's gonna call this blasphemy or something. It kind of felt like the the final the final version that you fight Savathun in kind of felt like the Gaul fight at the end of Vanilla D two, um. where he just cycles through different supers to use against you, and it was like, okay, we've already kind of done this before. Where and that that honestly, it felt like story beats taken from a lot of different like campaigns in in history, where it's like. The final fight with her kind of felt like the golf fight where she's able to use the light against you and just cycles through a bunch of supers. Uh, and then, like, I don't know, it wasn't bad, but overall, I just felt it was a little too long. I, okay, I'll that's be the fair. one who disagrees with you here. Because, see, I, I, I didn't play it in one day. I didn't rush it. We're doing all the side quests as, as they would come up. You know, we did the whole thing for Finch. We did, I don't know, we did a bunch of stuff. We're exploring. Sometimes we would take breaks and just literally roam around the map looking for the darkness uh, rifts and figuring all that stuff out, looking for the mods. And then the second day is when I kind of like finished, let's say, the last third of the campaign and stuff. And it it felt better. It felt good. It didn't feel like it dragged too long because we went back in and there was only that, right? But I also right. feel like even the part where you have to kill the witches that are like threading that the spider web on the on the um, sorry it just went. I know what you mean. Yeah, the, th the thread cutter thing. Uh, well, is the yeah. is the what's the name of the guy? The traveler. Sorry. So they're threading this spider web on the traveler, right, to kind of capture him. And I feel like that was so like they were talking about it for so long, and then we actually had to go in and physically you know, remove the, the spider web off of him, of these magic wizards. So that made more sense to me that it was there. And yeah, it made the mission longer, but we did it. Like, we actually went in and did it. We just, we didn't just hear about it after finishing the fight with her. You know what I mean? Yeah. We actually no, saw it done. So all those, like, things that the story was leading to, we actually got to do. And that's why I, I don't feel like it was, like, badly elongated. Let's see. Mm -mm. That's see fair. I, I, I also want to disclose that I did. I so I tried to complete it the first night. And I was playing with two other individuals, um, one of who is not with us here today. Thanks a lot, Will. Um, and and well, and we can talk about this in a little bit too. I think the the implementation of how the difficulty was scaled with three people was not done properly because it was insanely difficult, and we wiped probably i don't know 15 or 20 times on the final mission um and then i went back and did it the next morning like on my second try by myself it was way 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 easier which doesn't make any sense um and and i agree with you i i think the my a lot of my impressions were from the first night and i was getting like frustrated because we should have been able to do it and i think part of it was because it was like 3 30 in the morning we were all tired and probably should have called it quits earlier than that. Um, but it it did fascinate me that it was considerably easier to play through any of those missions by yourself versus playing with a group, which I still don't really understand. But um it's yeah, pretty interesting. It, yeah, I, I just and and I it's one of those things like if I go through and play it fresh, I might have a completely different experience. So I, I'll I'll preface all of this as this is my first impression of all of these things, and I was not a fan with how indulgent some of those kind of boss encounters felt, like how long they felt. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I, one thing I liked about the ritual fight though is just because because it is Savathun after all, and that opening the first phase of that fight is um, Savathun and like you fight like a acolyte knight and. 
uh, wizard, right? And right. it felt pretty easy because you could like melt melt her and like pr- pretty quickly. And she didn't have a lot of health in that first phase. And I was kind of like disappointed at that at first because I was like, you know, that was kind of, you know, easy for, for Savathun. And then, you know, there's like two entire separate phases after that right um i thought it was cool just because in campaign missions it feels often like for example like on the topic of gall i mean gall go down goes down in three seconds oh yeah you know so it was nice that like the final boss especially savathun being you know having all this like lore built up on her shoulders is um was really nice to like actually be challenged by this like long and grueling fight with like a significant figure within the story. So yeah. I thought that was cool. But yeah, I see what you mean in in the sense that at some points it feels like artificially long, yeah. you know, like duplicating things is like unnecessarily. I see what you mean. But I, I uh, will also say they did add checkpoints to the campaign. So you don't I'm actually so have to go that. through it in one sitting. So it's like, like all of these things at the end of the day are from the perspective of a hardcore gamer where like like it's oh you gotta battle or power through it all in one sitting it's like no this campaign is clearly meant to be enjoyed over i think scotty you did it better where you played it over the span of several nights versus like trying to trying to rush through it in like one sitting um i think it really like when they when every time they've said they've had a cinematic story campaign like this felt like that cinematic story campaign so i like take take your time it, Absolutely, it, it, it. yeah. I, I will get to play more because again, the weekly. I'm right. I'm literally as we're speaking, I am playing the weekly mission right now to farm for alloys. <laughs> so, so we'll we'll play oh, them okay. way more. I'm right. sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm kind of curious to like play them on the normal classic version and see like how easy it is compared to the grueling experience of legendary did you play it alone uh, uh scotty or did you play yeah I, play, I play i did the whole thing solo okay because i've only played yeah, it with two it right. people i've i've done the second character also with two people and one of the things i liked and i was excited for legendary and yeah i agree that the scaling is probably terrible because i hear it from people you know just go and do it on your own because it's so much easier and you get the rewards and you get the exotic and you get the points from the blue gear, um, which makes sense, you know, if that's what you want to do. Like you said, if you want to power through it, yep, that's probably the way to go. But I do feel, and I, again, maybe they're not Bungie games at this point, but I haven't played the Halo Infinite campaign because I'm waiting for a co-op, online co-op to come oh out. Because I've always played every Halo game on Legendary co-op. Always. Ever, like, yeah. And and this was like it felt like that too, you know, playing with a friend, it being hard, not frustratingly hard, but hard enough that it was a challenge and not just like a breeze in the park. And I enjoyed that. So yeah, I liked it. Too. In any case, yeah, well, I would feel like the solo should be harder, and leave, yeah. leave the other ones alone. You think, well, right? I, yeah. I, well, so but that's but that's what's interesting is like, so I did the first two missions solo. And, yeah, you know, it's the first two missions, so you, they're not going to be incredibly difficult. But I was like, okay, like, this is cool. Each encounter you had to, like, I don't think I wiped at any point. Um, there was definitely some times where I got really, really stinking close. And then Will joined me, and we played, like, two or three more missions, just him and I. And that felt like a really good level of, like, where we weren't sweating our our butts off but it was definitely like a few of those encounters were like i think we wiped a couple times it was like okay this is cool like this feels like a legendary campaign this is cool but then as soon as the third person joined it was like it almost felt like it was scaled incorrectly and i've seen a few posts of people kind of commenting on this where it's like it doesn't feel like enemies are three times harder it feels like they're like four or five times harder which doesn't quite make sense because when you play solo you can you can one shot like a lot of the thrall with like a hand cannon, but then it like it felt like I was putting like four shots into a single target uh, when three of us were playing. And that just that kind of didn't feel good. Uh, and some of the boss encounters felt like they were really, really tedious because of how much health they had. Yeah, I don't and think it's it like, was the health that much. I think it was the guns, because since then I've, I've helped a couple people with like a mission here and there. Uh, that they were stuck on like, with three people. So I've, I've, I've only played with two people the whole campaign uh, twice. 
and, and almost, and I just need the last fight. And a couple missions with three people. And yeah, three people failed harder, but it didn't feel as hard as it did the first time I played it because we didn't have the gear. But now that I have, like, I'm basically like five levels under master level, including the artifact. So at this point, I'm like high enough light level that I could play it and I would feel that I would do the damage I was supposed to do, which well, makes sense in a way. It caps you out, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it caps you out in legendary. Yeah. Yeah, but now I'm not using weapons I wasn't supposed to. I don't know how to explain. Yeah, but I but so like but they I was they, using galley they, the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> they, they I mean they they shower you in upgrade modules. So you, I was yeah. I was bringing my gear up basically the entire time. Um and so like it's not like I was using blues. Like I had my time loss fate bringer. I put like I dumped like 2000 kills into that over the span of like 2 days playing through the <laughs> campaign. <It was> ridiculous. <laughs> um so like it, it just it felt it felt off and maybe that's the intent like because you do have the luxury of having three people i do like that they have limited ri- revive tokens like that felt like a good kind of balancing mechanism um yeah i was glad there because was, there's no like uh please carry me senpai option yeah, exactly it's like you, exactly you can't just hide in the corner and let people get you through it yeah right and I, I, I liked that. I think, I think all of the intents to kind of like balance it and make it feel rewarding and have that challenge and sweating your ass off, like all of that, I think was perfectly mixed, uh, in a good way. Uh, mm. it was a, it was a great, it was a great kind of day one experience, uh, for sure. So I think my favorite moment, I'll just kick off the story discussion with this. I think my favorite cutscene and the whole thing that my favorite like story moment was that big climax where you reveal the memory of the shard from her prison and she gives that monologue to the traveler and dies i that scene was awesome and then there's the subsequent thing where she confronts you in the uh, memory fragment altar and that that scene was so cool i loved her little speech the anime looked really impressive on you know those scenes where they like dump all the budget into them I think it was like the opening cutscene. It was like that one. It was the worm uh, memory one where Ikora reveals it, and it was like the hive lie to her, and et cetera, et yeah. cetera. Those those scenes looked really nice. Uh, I think the just one animation. I know nothing about animation, but the way her mouth moves is really cool. Um, yes. But yeah, from a story perspective, I thought that was that was a really cool. It wasn't like a completely unexpected twist, but like I mean, it felt very satisfying. It made sense. It was cool. It I, I feel bad. I thought it was a very cool moment. Mm-hmm. That made me feel terrible, man. They were the chosen ones. We were like the second option just because. And we're technically the third, right? Because the, the yeah, fallen the were fallen also were, chosen. We're, we're, we're just hanging on to like something that was never ours. And, yeah. uh, and the hive are actually, you know, the, the chosen race or species or whatever. And, is, uh, it, well, is it <laughs> that they were chosen or was it the first, were they the first group that maybe showed promise? Well, that the traveler chose. No, the traveler was there already in the cutscene. Which yeah, I agree that that cutscene is probably oh, the best right. looking yeah, one. Right, he was right. there, and then the worm was like, "Oh, traveler is gonna take these guys. I'm gonna take them to the deep." And, right. And and then they didn't get to be the original, assuming they're the original, because maybe obviously, like like in Bungie lore, you know, these things go back forever, basically. So. But as far as we know, they were the first uh, chosen ones that didn't get to be chosen because of the worm. Right. So oh, you, you know, like the traveler, I feel like just picks whoever is most convenient to them. He just creates yeah. proxy armies so that it can survive. It, it's only an animal, and its only goal is to care about choosing whatever you know what i mean right. and so i feel like my theory is i didn't play like the post-game stuff so i don't know if they answer this question yet but i thought that why the traveler revived savathun was because of savathun's plan to shield the traveler away in her throne world like the traveler knew that savathun was capable of protecting it and so that's why savathun was like chosen just because savathun was capable of protecting the traveler from something that that was my thought, and so the traveler just chooses whoever's most convenient. And I but thought you, that was well, but I don't do think you, it do works think... like that. The ghosts do it, and then actually, there's parts where where certain ghosts are like, I don't know what the traveler is thinking, and they literally say things like that, like that's, yeah, that's true. So, so it's like they went and they revived, like the ghost who got her right, like that had 
the, it, the ghost was, let's say, pre-programmed somehow. I, f I see a lot of, I don't know if you guys watch Prometheus from Alien, like the, you know, prequel movie. This yeah, has so much things from there. Like even how the, the messenger or the, whatever his name is, sorry. Uh, it even looks like them and it has so many good, uh, and I'm comparing it to something that I feel like is a good series story-wise, uh, which is Alien. Uh, but yeah, I think the ghost kind of pre-programmed to be like, you know, because why won't they rest a, a cabal if it dies? There's no ghost who's being like, oh, this cabal seems worthy, I'll rest him, right? But they knew that the yeah. hive were worthy at some point or whatever. So maybe this ghost was like, well, you know, here, here I come. Um, and at that point, I don't think they strictly talk to the traveler as much as we think they do, because if not, even our ghost would know like what the hell's going on. And he clearly right. doesn't. Yeah. I, I mean, I see your point, but like a hive ghost was specifically made for Savathun. Well, you know that's, I mean? yeah. Okay. That, that's one of my, <laughs> like if, if you, I, I expected it to be like a normal ghost that approaches here and he's like, oh, look, I'll, you know. I'll rest here. Uh, but the fact that he had the hive shell already was like, yeah, it didn't have so, to. If he didn't I, have the hive, the hive shell, it would have made so much of a better uh, scene. Like me. it got corrupted. And yeah, afterwards. Yeah, afterwards, yeah. chain like shell or something. Yeah. But, but at I, the beginning, so, just like some I, random ghost shell would have been like more, like you said, coherent. Like the, like the general white one. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, so what I'm not clear on is... All of the hive, the lucent hive that have the light, that have ghosts, were the go were those ghosts made by her, or were those other ones that the traveler like had just lying around? Well, I'm gonna say it's from exists. the traveler. So they they they've just like did they just emerge from the like the cracked opening in the traveler and they all just kind of poured out as soon as she took the light like. That well, part in the throne world, ghosts. but the throne world is like in her mind. But is he still actively making ghosts? Or no, I thought there's the, like the the lucent hive. By the way, are, are definitely like in the world. Did you guys play the battlegrounds thing yet for the seasonal stuff? Yes. So you know, like they're like leaking into like the EDC, yeah, the EDC, like which is cool. So you yeah. do like hunt them down, and like right. they are in the world. So it's not mm. just in Savathun's throne world. Okay. Um. Rob, I'm sorry. Did I cut you off? Well, no, I just, I, I guess it's, I, I stole this. I'm uncertain, and maybe it's explained in one of the lore books, but, like, is there a set number of ghosts that have already been created, and that's it? Or is the Traveler still just, like, periodically pooping out ghosts that are meant to find new, tra like, new guardians? Well, and if that's the case, is that, is that what happened with these hive ghosts? Like, the, he explicitly, the Traveler made them after... Savathun was like rezzed or did Savathun make those ghosts from her powers like that that I don't understand that part yeah yeah I, I yeah they did not explain that I'm hoping that maybe like the evidence board have you guys done the evidence board thing yeah I'm starting doing some of those stuff. yeah missing one okay I'm hoping there's some like post game explanation there and oh, I'm sure I'm sure there's there's tons of stuff that were there's lore books that are all all in there and you know that, yeah Interesting question. And did you guys, speaking of lore books, did you guys, have you guys been reading the lore books throughout the um, campaign, the Martian Missives one? No, no I've so not far, read those no. yet. You need, you like need to read them because they're for some reason, extremely integral to like okay. the story of destiny. So, so <laughs> there's so one in particular that's like, whoa, did you really just drop that in the lore book? And what it was, was the, what's, what's the revelation? Do you guys want to know? No. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, Yes. Go no. for it. <laughs> no, tell us, tell us, tell us. Tell, tell us. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, spoilers, by the way, for the Martian Missives lore book, if you haven't read it, for those listening, there's a, like, message from Keitel in there. And Keitel is like, hey, so we found a, like, cut up dead body on Nessus. And uh, we identified it as Osiris. And so she's like, that Osiris you have, <clears throat> that comatose Osiris you have in the city, that's not Osiris. Oh. I don't know what that is, but that is not Osiris. No She's way. like, maybe it's a bomb or something or whatever that is, but I don't trust that. So I was like, wow, that's something that should have been said in game dialogue. But but yeah, that was... Maybe season story that we haven't seen. I mean, still we're on week one, right? 
That's yeah. true. That's true. Hopefully they yeah. reveal more of that. But but yeah, I mean, that was kind of a big, big revelation. So according to Keitel, Osiris is dead. Osiris yeah. is never Osiris. Dude, when we got to that mission and it was like, oh, take the Sagura ghost. I was literally hoping it would be like, like one of those other RPG games where I get a choice because I was like, yeah, no, let's just leave this shit here. I don't want it. Just leave it here. <laughs> We're done with it. So I, I actually, I, so go, going back, I have an answer for you for what I think my favorite story mission was. The one, because I was not expecting this, is we got to go back to Europa and go and, and actually fight inside one of the pyramids against Which the Cabal. Which so cool. Oh, yeah, use the so Europa Pyramid. <laughs> yeah. I think that was my favorite mission where, and I love that like it, react. things inside just kind of shift and ra- yeah, yeah. react. And so like that you're constantly fighting like a dynamic, an arena. And I love that the Cabal were there and like they've been there for a while. Uh, I like that's all phenomenal. And I think, um, I think the the story or the I'm sorry, the seasonal kind of story is really interesting how it all kind of like because like the first mission, you start by attacking some of Keitel's troops and she gets like pissed. Right. And then you you kind of come to this understanding and conversation and there's like kind of awkward tension um, I don't think you've played it yet, Scotty, probably. Um, but you, there's like a cutscene uh, where you go and talk to like Keitel and I did see Duval that. And, oh, you did see that. OK, yeah. And then they're like, well, let's just kind of forget what happened and we'll just move on. And let's 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 kind of talk about the more pressing matter at hand. And so it's like I like that. It's not just, oh, we're buddy buddy with the cabal now. Like we mm-hmm. still keep kind of like stepping on each other's toes in in ways. And like, I think that that's great. Um, also. I I have to give a shout out to the um was it the dead messenger quest like the and the the new kind of weekly mission that we get from that that's kind of in the spirit of presage or oh, harbinger yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so cool and spoilers it's a D1 Mars area which is amazing um and really really cool yeah, i was glad i got to just, play that one with you because i would have missed yeah. out so much of the stuff you guys were talking about yeah there you so so you haven't done this mission yet uh probably scotty but once you I once know. you do once you do a couple of rounds of the the, uh, the seasonal yeah no the, the the seasonal activity oh the battlegrounds the, the battlegrounds thing uh you unlock this exotic quest to get that that waveform a rocket or grenade launcher that allows you to change the elemental type on it. So it's basically mm-hmm. like hard light, but a grenade launcher waveform. Mm-hmm. And uh, you basically have to do this mission where you get like, no, try not to do too many spoilers, but you basically in a land taken, you have to like take out a bunch of like other tanks and things like that. So they've, they've done a bunch of vehicle con like combat. Like, so I understand now why there's all the, all the mods for vehicles that, that do extra damage to vehicles and things like that. It makes sense because we have missions now where, we're regularly doing doing vehicle combat, but basically the whole thing takes place in the exclusion zone uh, from D one Mars. That's so so, cool. so a huge portion of it is like the opening huge. area. Yeah, it's yeah, so it's, it's huge. And then you 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 then go into this building that we've never gone in before. That's kind of like uh, in that kind of one of the main T junctions. Like when you first land on Mars, like it's 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 so spectacularly done. Uh, and they do that thing where they've taken like D1 music and they kind of remix it and and make it kind of like have that vibe. It's so good. It's so good. And the mission itself is like kind of tense and tough. And there's a revelation about um, we get some information about um, our our uh, old buddy buddy. Yeah, our old buddy buddy. What is his name? The Callus. We get some Callus stuff. So I don't. I won't give you spoilers. Um, I mean, it's, this is a spoiler episode. Definitely... I'm sorry. You should though. We're spoiling yeah, should, people should... already with the campaign. You, you, I think we should be able to talk about spoilers and, you know, probably Scotty's well, not going to get his feelings hurt. I'm going to hold it off for Scotty. You can, oh. you can ruin it, Robbie, I but I'm not going to ruin it. it. <laughs> no, I, I, I will talk about the other one, though. Parasite, the one. I know you hated yeah. it. I loved it. It was my favorite I, thing, I the think... whole expansion so far. His name How was Bob. Is he was my friend. I will remember him forever. <laughs> And I'm so sad I lost him. Um, I don't know if you ever played Cyberpunk. There's a, a gun in Cyberpunk that has an AI on it. And it talks to you, you know? And this little hologram comes to it. And he's like this nasty, sarcastic little gun that kind of hates you. Um, but he helps you, right? Because he has no option. 
And <laughs> I felt like this this was such a missed opportunity if they would have made the grenade launcher talk to you when you actually had it on uh, later on. Um, yeah, but they give him such an annoying, nasally, whiny voice. That, like, like I, uh, I don't know if you I remember that Dinosaurs uh, TV show. She sounded like the grandma to me. That's an awful, like, comparison. Like, <laughs> I mean, I agree with you, but it's like... <laughs> It's it it so after after you complete the campaign, you get a new quest, an exotic quest to get the the parasite grenade launcher. And basically, spoilers, you turn Savathun's worm into the grenade launcher, which is awesome. Well, this wasn't uh, the worm. This was like a an older worm that was already calcified, and we kind of brought it back to life. Oh, I thought this is the one that you extract from Savathun. No, this is, is the, the one, one that... But no, this is the one we take from... You know how you go into the depth and, there, and it's on a statue and you take it from the statue? Because it's yeah, like, but oh, that's her worm, isn't it? Yeah, it was like an old worm. that The one that was before with her. Apparently, she's changed worms a couple of times, you know. No, because I thought the, the, one the, that, worm. the one that Mara extracts at the end of the previous season... Because the the worm calls her the deceptive queen or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. They've been traveling around, going to places so that Mara can like figure out something to do, and then she she basically brokers this deal and says like, "Let's get you back to health, and then I'll let you go inside my body." Which I realize how I phrase that sounds terrible, <laughs> um, but that's that's a sentence. So this worm's like, "Great, I'm gonna have a new host." And all the while, you're going to all these different locations, and it's like, "I'm I'm so happy." Then I've got health back. Wow, you're gonna have to carry me, and it's like <laughs> it's so frustratingly <laughs> annoying. Especially, and I think part of it is because I that the the final mission where you actually have to, like to escort it. Which, by the way, that mission is kind of cool. Like, I like the idea of you have to like pick it up. You can't just like because you're getting swarmed by enemies, and every like the first couple times, like I wanted to drop it and then just like shoot things to clear the space, but it just makes more sense to just keep sprinting. And it's cool because you have like kind of an obstacle course where there's like spike walls and things that'll kill you and it, and you have to like start over from the beginning and you have to run through 16 pools. So it's a cool mission, but the whole time he's like whiny nasally. He's like, hurry up, I'm getting tired. And it's like, shut up. Like I, because I, I died a couple of times at the beginning and that's, that's on me, but I didn't want to keep hearing the same, oh, you're going to have to carry me like over and over again. <laughs> really annoyed the hell out of me like i almost I almost turned the sound off i almost turned the sound like off my baby. game which i never wanted to do <laughs> oh God. dang i can't wait to get to this mission all right so I, I guess that's gonna depend on your mood at the time i thought it was hilarious yeah, right. i thought it was hilarious but the, but the actual but the, like this punchline, <laughs> but the punchline is fantastic because like you basically go talk to finch and he gives you this oh, like thing this that game. helps yeah, i don't know how it works yeah. but here you go <laughs> Yeah, like just sort of like it's kind of a plot hole where he's like, oh, yeah, I mysteriously have this thing. I think it'll help you out. I don't know. And then sure enough, it helps you contain the worm. And then Mara's like, yeah, I gave you a host. You're going inside a gun now, bitch. And it's like, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's such a... And he's like, I'm not going to talk to you again. <laughs> yeah. What'd you guys think of Finch? That's a cool. And I love that he's titled as a conscientious objector I, and that too. it's clearly his it's clearly his like hive that's dead behind him that he refuses. To yes, he says that too. He's like, yeah, I'm not resting him. This guy, he talks about him when you pick up bounties. Because I've done like, out next to his dead body. I think yeah, I've done like a hundred of fifty repeatables, and the, the 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 lines on him are amazing. Oh yeah, it's so good. Oh, I love Finch. Finch is great. I yeah, guess Finch is great. Oh, and then I love that when you do, uh, when you do, uh bounties around the uh or patrol missions that a lot of them are given by uh was it amaru which is savathun's ghost yep. oh. and so like he's like talking crap about guardians and stuff like that and it's it's totally funny and he's like you're gonna have to work your butts off for this and stuff like that like it's like cheesy dialogue that every time i hear it i'm like did they really just say like your butts off in this yeah. like it's it's fantastic <laughs> it's so good speaking of um cheesy dialogue one of my favorite lines was in that Keitel meeting and Zavala's like showing Keitel the hologram of like the Lucent Hive and right. Keitel's like oh you want my help and then Saladin's like want is a strong word and then Keitel's like you need my help <laughs> and I thought that was a cool line it was just yeah. fun fun like cheesy moments like that are always yeah always cool um yeah We're like this is this is not a time to have pride like the the Vanguard 
and and like the the kind of the surviving like representative members of the city, which is cool. All the cutscenes had like um you know Anna Bray there and Saladin and Shaq. You know, it's like right, and everyone who <laughs> needs to be a part of this this conversation is there. And yeah, you still have like Lord Saladin who's got this like chip on his shoulder about the cabal, and it's like, dude, we are way past that. Like we have we have hive that can wield the light. Like we need to just we need to get over it. Like I, I was kind of I was kind of um I was kind of hoping what's his name was going to be there. Uh, not Aramis the um the the fallen captain who Mithrax. Yeah, Ooh. I was hoping Mithrax would be there too. Of like, yeah, we can't believe this is what's going on. Like I I hope I hope that their their involvement is going to be felt at some point as well. Yeah, because like mm-hmm. he's the one who like treats the light as a religion. I mean, he's he would be the most upset about that. Yeah. Like, Especially the revelation that that they were the, the traveler yeah. resurrected Savathun, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man, I hope there's a season with. with well, see, know about like the fall, right? Like we're expecting, like that's the whole thing. We don't know if the traveler is going to abandon us now, right? And they already went through that, I think so. so. <laughs> yeah, like they're going to have to be our therapists to help us cope <laughs> with the idea of like we're going to have our great whirlwind. Uh, just like they had oh, we theirs. Will. Yeah, we will. The yeah, only I reason we didn't have ours was because Rasputin crippled it. I thought that that's been debunked. Was it debunked? I don't I know. Don't. I, I think it's like depending on how you interpret. I could be wrong, but I know there's like a, a hot back and forth on whether or not that whole like exigent protocol like, thing or whatever was oh, okay. actually him bombing the traveler or not. It makes sense. I mean, I'm on board. I completely agree. Theory. Yeah. Because it's one of those things where it's like, I bet Rasputin figured out a long time ago that uh, not everything is as it seems and that the Traveler has done this in the past. Now it mm-hmm. seems like now we have evidence that it's happened twice. Uh, at least. That, yeah. At least. Um, mm-hmm. That it, it could happen again. And so, yeah, I, I also can we talk about I, like, Robbie, you I, casually brought this up. We got to see. I was the, about to uh, mention the same thing. We got the first it like appearance of the darkness. We got to talk he, about that. And he had a he had a smoky billowy face smoke head which was kind of awesome and weird and not necessarily what I was expecting but I'm not disappointed either. Okay, I, I just tell me just tell me this just tell me this. Um arousing or not arousing? That's all not I need arousing. to know. Okay, okay, perfect. a little bit, no. See, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I thought it was he was scary and super intimidating and awesome looking. I was like, "This is awesome!" And then he turned around, and uh, I felt like it was a DreamWorks movie. And I was like, "Yeah, it kind of looked like Mega Mind without the." Yeah, that's yeah. everybody yeah, said that to me. Like, I've never watched those I, movies, but everybody mentioned that. Yes, you need I've to watch it either. But I've I've watched. The oh my gosh, I've seen you guys movies. both haven't seen Mega Mind, the I, greatest I, DreamWorks movie ever made. I'm a Pixar fan, almost, man. I'm sorry. It's, I almost really kind of wish that it like didn't have a face or something like Me that. Me too. That's what I was thinking. It well, should it, not have a face. No. It looked oddly no humanistic too, which is kind of like mm, yeah. I don't under, and maybe that's going to be like the reveal it's, is like It's the whole forerunner thing was, again. It's 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 right. I don't know if you guys played the Halo campaigns from back in the day, but it was like we were fighting the basically literally the how how were they called? Like all these the prophets? species put together because they wanted the the rings, right? The Covenant. The Covenant is basically like an alliance of, of different species looking for this right. crazy thing, right? So it was this is kind of what we're doing at now and what was there before and and then we realized like, oh, we're just like little pawns from some like higher species thing. And right. And I feel like this is that moment. And and it's good because that happened there and it's I feel like it's happening now like Again, I'm just going to go back to that. Like, it's it has a lot of fan service, yes. It has a lot of good moves. It's like doing things that were in the game before, but doing them better. Even with yeah. Finch, like, all the reactions I'm getting from people about Finch and stuff is, it's like, he's Cade now for people, you know? People love him. Yeah. And, uh, and all those funny things, and like you said, not taking it too seriously, but then at the same time, super serious. It's all there. It's, <laughs> it's, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's a good... A good resurrection, I think, of the story. In the terms of moving game. forward, like it opens up so yeah. much and finally closes some of those veils of like, oh, Savaton was always the thing, and now, like, you know, now it's not. So let's yeah, let's go would, and find out. Hot take: I would still possibly make a case 
that Forsaken has a better story or more affecting story than Witch Queen. I know that's probably controversial, but I think here's the thing. I've been I've been trying to think about this more and more and not try to bias myself. Obviously, we're still in kind of like I'll call it a honeymoon period because this just came out and it's new content and yeah, it's exciting. Sure. Like so and it might be one of those things where we need to have this conversation again in three months and maybe we'll feel differently. But I feel like you have obviously the opening mission of Forsaken, which is fantastic, right? It's that's, the best destiny mission in the period. That might, that might be the best opening mission ever to any. It's the best destiny or, mission ever, like from a story. Like, oh, but it God, has like it has so much stuff behind right? it. See, that's the difference with this one, and that's what I'm trying to to convey to you guys. Like, that was like an ending to thing, and someone you cared for a lot died. On this right. one, it's not an ending to, to like this. Feels like a beginning mission. You know, you start from from zero not knowing anything uh, about right. many things so and and, the, and whoever dies is like someone we were trying to kill for a long time not someone you cared about so you don't have like all these kind of feelings so that i agree that the forsaking campaign is more like it, it hits you because you're attached to it already and this one right. is like it opens up instead of closing down you know what i mean yeah i mean it could have been more i wish there was more i mean one of my problems is just i wish there was more like Ikora and Eris dialogue and stuff like that. I feel like no, Ghost no, takes no, a lot no. of the dialogue. No more Ikora, yeah. please. Did you see her just pop, <laughs> a, pop like a like a void uh, super and then uh, and, and then an arc so super and then she was in the arc super for like five minutes and it's like what? I don't trust her dude, at all. Like, I really don't trust her. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the only I, other person I, I've seen that pops supers like that now is Sabaton. So I don't trust Ikora. <laughs> I, She's on my hit list. I think. Hit list. I think there's also like okay, so so going back, like Forsaken has a really really strong opening first mission, right? There's there's no debating that. Um, although I will say, I think I still like the Taken King opening mission on Phobos because you're just like, hey, we're answering this distress call, and then it's just like it slowly goes from bad to worse. Mm-hmm. Um. And the and I think the reveal of of Oryx and and just sort of like and and even Eris is like freaked out and having like a panic attack and the fingertips on the surface of my mind or whatever those and like the you also have the Cabal in the elevator dying which is fantastic but like okay so the opening mission in Forsaken is fantastic no debating that but then the I would say the middle part of Forsaken kind of lulls a little bit where you're just you're killing off each of the the scorn barons and like that's cool and each one's different enough feeling that it's interesting but once you get then into the dreaming city and you get this like big grandiose reveal it like picks up again whereas i feel like this had a good steady throughput the entire time so like i think the higher highs in forsaken outweigh the highs in this but i think this has a better average throughout the entire campaign if that makes sense I, i'll agree, I would with, agree you. with that yeah 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 because I, I actually finished forsaken like the week before this week and right. I, I played half of it and i actually stopped at some point because i missed like some chess with some emblem and i i figured it out i got it on the open world whatever but then i had to finish the the campaign at least once before it went away right and right the beginning is amazing but the whole part of like hunting down the the other guys the barons yeah yeah it, i mean i'm sorry but it just that was so boring to me you're right you're right no but they're they're fun in the fact that each one has a com- like there's like the writer and then there's the the junkyard one where you have to like drive the tank through and but these these you, tanks on like, this one were way better than the tank on that yeah, I'll, one. i'll like, give you that yeah i just i think one thing forsaken does really well i mean aside from the baron thing because of course that that does get a little monotonous is i think they use cutscenes like in between missions, which was cool. Yes. I yep. thought that was, I wish that w- there was stuff like that in Witch Queen. And I think Ghost takes more of a backseat. I think Ghost has too much, too much dialogue in Witch Queen. I would personally. agree with that. I wanted to hear, you know, cause like in Forsaken, you hear dialogue from, you know, uh, like Petra and Spider and stuff like that and, and whatnot. And Ghost just, there's so many people like I would rather hear talk than Ghost and Witch Queen. Like so many people have a vested interest in the Savathun conflict. I don't right. want to hear Ghost like spout exposition or ask questions anymore. Like I want to hear like how Eris is feeling about this or something like that. Right. You know what I mean? I would, I would have loved it if 
like in in Beyond Light, when the ghost starts kind of like, hey, I don't like the idea that you're indulging in in playing around with darkness, right? I kind of would have liked it if he's like, hey, I'm not totally cool with you smashing ghosts left and right, by the way. You yeah, know, like, right? Almost kind of <laughs> like like saying like, hey, are we good still? Like, you know. Yeah, the only thing he says. I agree. There, there could have been more dialogue from other folks. He just says, and, I, and that's because literally, well, we've been recording this. I've been doing, I finally got an alloy, by the way, on like the fourth run. Uh, but I've been playing the weekly mission, which is that one of the, when you killed the ghost for the first time. And the only thing he says is like, I don't know how I feel about this. Right. And but I didn't cool. either. Like you know, now I like it. Fun. I love it. I love crushing those things. But right. at the first time, yeah, the first time felt, it, first time it, felt it, like it hit. Yeah. Sad. Yeah, it did. It did. You good. Cause you crush it and then you look at your hand and you're like, oh, shit, what did I just do? Yeah. So anyways, guys, I could talk about this all day and we have so much to get into. All we talked about was the campaign. We've got, and a little bit, we touched on the exotic quests and stuff, but we have so much to talk about in the coming weeks. So please, thank you guys for watching and please come back next week. We'll, we'll be talking all about the Witch Queen and further developments week to week. So, so thank you guys for coming on and talking with me. Thank you guys out there for listening. And we'll see you guys all later. And remember Bob, he was my friend. Ciao. <laughs> You can put this voice recording away and go on with your life, because you and I both know you'd have me yapping in your ear for the rest of your days. Want to further the discussion? Get in touch with us at any of our Twitter handles, all of which can be found in our podcast description.